Yo, what's up, everyone? It's your boy Chris with a new episode of Badass Asian Dudes. This week's episode is an interview with someone I met through my Facebook group. I meet a lot of interesting, cool people through my Facebook group, and it's something I'm extremely grateful for. I've made some awesome connections online and also in real life, and Charlie is one of those guys. I think in 2019, it's actually one of my biggest accomplishments. Hundreds of people who are interested in self-improvement, living an amazing life, hustling, all networking, getting to know each other, asking questions. It's awesome. If you're listening and haven't joined the Facebook group, you can go on Facebook, search Badass Asian Dudes. Back to our guest. Charlie is someone I met through the Badass Asian Dudes Barbecue I hosted in LA a few weeks back. And in this interview, Charlie said that he's not super successful yet but he feels like he's on his way there. I think that's awesome. He's a fairly young dude in his late 20s. I think at that age, there's a lot of people who are unsure about their career or job path. Maybe they're not progressing as fast as they like or they're at a place they're not happy with. So I think it's quite rare to see someone at that age say something like that with confidence. That's pretty cool. We talk about his entrepreneurial journey all of his side hustles he has and how he got started with them. In our interview, we talk about his photography hustle, clothing business, Amazon FBA e-commerce business, and his real estate stuff that he's doing. We also talk about the self-improvement stuff he likes doing, like his morning routine and books he really likes, what things have made a big difference in his life. And also, I give the things that make a big difference in my life as well. I love all the self-improvement stuff. I think the lesson I learned from talking to Charlie is that he just jumps in and does shit without knowing anything. And then from these opportunities, other opportunities open up. In this interview, Charlie says multiple times that he thinks he's lucky. I think in order to get lucky, you have to seize those opportunities in front of you, and he does just that. I love that quote, half the battle of showing up. It's so true. You have to put yourself out there and get out of that comfort zone to make things happen. That's what I did with this podcast, and I've met some amazing people through it. You can find Charlie on Instagram at charlie underscore underscore Chang. Yes, that's two underscores. And he's also on YouTube if you search for him as Charlie the Entrepreneur. Thanks for listening, guys. If you guys enjoy the show, please make sure to subscribe and share. Another huge way of supporting me is by rating the podcast as five stars and leaving a review. That's I'd be so grateful. It helps other people find my podcast and helps me get other great guests for my show. That's huge. So thanks for listening, guys, and let's get on with the interview. Bro, what's good? Yo. How you doing, man? Good. Yeah, cool. I'm glad that we get to talk because I don't, I don't really know that much about your story. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. All right, so... Okay, so I was taking a look at your YouTube channel. So you you teach personal finance, and then also you do real estate. Yeah, I'm just trying to lead with the valley right now. So I'm just trying to tell people like or like inspire people. Like I'm not crazy successful, but I'm like trying to do things that hopefully get me there. So I'm trying to just help people out. Um, I'm trying to build my real estate brokerage. So in, in that case, I'm I'm like trying to hire people who mm-hmm. want a hundred percent commission, and then like I want to really talk about self improvement because that's really helped me a lot in the last half year. I've really like doubled down on self improvement, and I've just seen my my shit go up and up. You know, <laughs> how old are you, by the way? I am twenty seven. Yeah. And so, have you been doing this real estate stuff for a long time? What um, I, I don't even I'm not sure what a brokerage does actually. What does a brokerage do? So a brokerage can employ realtors, like the salespeople. Yeah. Um so a broker is someone that has had some real estate experience. Um in California, you need two years of full-time experience as a as a salesperson. And then you can take a class and get your broker's license. And the only difference is that as a broker, you can hire salespeople to work like for you or under your company. Okay. I've been actually thinking about some real estate stuff. So I've been reading a little bit on bigger pockets. Are you okay? Yeah. Bigger pockets. Yeah. I've heard of that. So if someone wants to work with you and get commission, what do I need to do? If I have no experience, what do I do? 
Um, so basically, all you got to do is take an online class or you can take a class in person somewhere. Um, in California, it's 135 hours. Very easy class. Like there's a lot of inf information, but um, the, the material is pretty simple. And then once you take that class, you can just take an exam, a state exam. And once you pass that, you get your real estate license. Then you okay. hang that license with a broker. And then you can either help people buy or sell homes, or you can buy a home for yourself and then get the commission that way. And that's actually oh, okay. why I got my license. It was to buy my own place and just get that commission. Got it. So that's like uh, taking the test to become a real estate agent. Yes. Okay. So yeah. the, you've been doing that for a couple of years and then now you're a broker? Yep. Two years and then I went straight for my broker's license. Okay. So what did you do right after college? Like, did you always want to do kind of real estate or entrepreneurship or what was your thing um, right after school? Yeah. So after college, so in college, I was pre-med. Uh, my parents really wanted me to go to med school. And like, I was, I was pretty good at this. Like I was good at studying. I was good at taking tests and stuff, but I never really liked medicine. And to this day, like I can't even look at blood or needles without wanting to pass out. Yeah. Um, but I just stuck with it because I didn't have, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, to be honest. And I just didn't have a strong enough of a personality to kind of say no. So I just went with that. I, I took all my classes. I took the MCAT, um, applied to medical school, got one interview, and then didn't get in. So okay. after that, I was like, "Where'd you go to undergrad, by the way?" UCLA. Okay. Yeah. And then, did you grow up in California? Yep, I grew up in the Bay Area in Palo Alto. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. And man. then, yeah, I've been in SoCal ever since. All right. So you take the MCAT, you get rejected from medical school, and so what's next? I bet you're freaking out. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was secretly like really relieved. Okay. But at the same time, I was scared because I was, I was like, what am I going to do now? Yeah. That's like kind of scary. Like <laughs> even like studying all yeah. undergrad. I spent my whole life school. trying to yeah. do this thing and I yeah. just didn't work out. Right. Dude, your parents, how'd your parents feel? Like were they mad at you or? I think they're, they're they pretty disappointed that I didn't um, get into med school, but I think they were more disappointed that I didn't know what I wanted to do. So if I'd been like going for something else okay. right away, they'd be, they'd be a little better. But I do remember like my mom telling me that she was super disappointed in me one day and I was like, Oh man, that sucks. Oh shoot. Oh, shoot. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. But I think even right after school, a lot of people don't know what they want to do. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, um, but so yeah, to, to like stay afloat, yeah. I pretty much just did whatever jobs I could do. Um, luckily, I had been doing photography for a long time. So I did graduation shoots. That was like a really big thing for me. Every how do you even get into that niche, graduation shoots? How do you get into that niche? Well, like how do you even choose that niche? I feel so like it's a very niche thing of photography. Yeah, it is. Um during my undergrad years, I had friends who were graduating and they would ask me to help them take grad photos. Yeah. So I would do that. And then um, I got some experience, got like a little portfolio going of grad shoots. And this is like at a time when people just started doing a lot of grad shoots. Like now it's huge. It's a huge thing to do on campus at UCLA. Everyone gets their graduates taken with friends or they do individual photos. Um, but I are just they wearing the gown when they're doing grad shoots. Is that what the grad shoot is? So they, they normally wear, wear the sash. Okay. UCLA has these like blue sashes and then yeah. girls will wear like a dress and guys will wear uh, like a button down. Okay. Maybe but that's only like one time a year. Yeah. So that was <laughs> okay. May and June. Like, it's, it got very busy for me. Like there were days when I was doing, I think nine eight or nine shoots in one day. All right. How much are you charging um, during that time? During that, so shoot? I think during that time between like 150 to $500 per shoot. 
Oh, shit. depending okay. on how many people were in it. So yeah, there was a lot of money coming in, but it was a very like niche seasonal thing. So how do you sustain yourself or like you try to find some other jobs too? So you're doing photography, grad shoots, what else are you doing? So yeah, I was, I was at that point in my life, I was doing pretty much everything. Um, I was tutoring. Okay. Um, I've had a bunch of students that I would teach like math and writing and stuff too. Nice. Some really rich kids. So if, if you're out of work, those clients, I posted on Craigslist. Okay. So you're Craigslist hustling. Luck seems to be a big theme in my life. Okay. <laughs> so I post on Craigslist and then this, the, the assistant of this like really rich guy emailed me looking for tutoring for his daughter, drove to their house in, I think it was like near Beverly Hills, okay. huge house. Their driveway was a mile long. <laughs> and then I just started tutoring for her for like $35 an hour. Um, okay. And then from there on, like they, they referred me to other people and then just kind of built by word of mouth. Dude, that's okay. So you're doing grad shoots, you're tutoring and I'm modeling too. Okay. (laughs) I'm also sure you're trying to figure out like your long-term plan, right? Like these are all kind of like side gigs. So I feel like it's very sporadic. Yeah. I mean, at that time I wasn't really thinking big. I was just thinking about, I want to just make some money. Okay. So that was definitely a fault of mine. Yeah. But it was it was a fun time of my life. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So you keep doing these gigs, and then what happens next? I get into Amazon FBA because I wanted to make passive income. How'd you get into Amazon FBA? How do you even find out about e-commerce or like this whole Amazon world? Yo, what's up, guys? It's your boy, Chris. Just hopping in real quick for an editor's note. If you don't know what Amazon FBA is, FBA stands for Fulfilled by Amazon. And several years back, when Amazon opened up their FBA service, entrepreneurs would go on Amazon, find random products, random niche products, go over to China, source them, import them, send them to Amazon and sell them on amazon.com. So there was a huge e-commerce gold rush of people just selling random shit on Amazon and people were making tons of money. So just wanted to give you guys a quick heads up because I don't think we go into what FBA is. Let's get back to the show. I'm trying to remember how I got into it. Um, I always knew it was like a thing, but I never really like did any research about it. Um, and then I do remember one time I had just moved and I was looking for like a new, I was looking for a product that for me to buy mm-hmm. and I'm not going to give away the product on the podcast, but if okay, you ask, by the way, guys, Amazon FBA sellers, they're very secretive about their niche. They don't want to tell people what they sell. Cause I'll tell you in other, person if I like, you, want, I'll, I'll tell yeah, you. they don't want other people to get into that niche. It's very, it's a very competitive industry. Yeah. Like even one other person selling the same product might like yeah. mess up your sales. Yeah. So um, you just, you just don't want to tell people what you sell because you don't want other people to sell the same thing. Yeah. I, I will say though that I was uh, selling speaker accessories. Okay. So I had speakers. I needed this certain product and I, I looked on Amazon and there weren't too many people selling it. And I was like, I, I feel like this could be made for very cheap in China and they're selling it for, you know, 15, $20. Mm-hmm. So I, I was like, maybe this is my time to get into Amazon FBA. So I started doing research on that. And then luckily I, I found a product that worked. Dude, that is very, very interesting. Did you buy a course or were you, were there any like gurus that you followed on YouTube to learn about Amazon FBA? It was all, it was all YouTube. Like there's okay. so much information on YouTube, man. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I for sure learned more on YouTube than I think in school. Oh, for sure, dude. Yeah. yeah. Like practical I, stuff. You okay. Know? So you know how there's uh, YouTube and then there's courses. What do you think about courses? Um, I think courses can be good. I think you can get most of the inf- information for free if you search for it. But a course will have everything in the in like one place, 
so we can just go like video to video or whatever course to course and get all that information yeah i'm a super big course guy actually everything really? that i've wanted to learn i've learned through courses so, so you can buy courses uh, facebook marketing social yeah. media marketing seo like whenever i want to learn something i buy a course even for this podcast like how to create a podcast I yeah a podcasting course oh my god that's so funny. if anyone wants to log in just <laughs> message me on facebook yeah you can you okay. can learn so much from these courses like it's it's crazy to see these guys doing it like you know these amazon fba experts or facebook ad ex- experts or podcast experts and then they just spend a lot of time making course and and they're really good like i've bought courses too yeah some are bad but uh, i think if you find like a pretty reputable guy yeah like, you'll have some good information read, read the reviews i also think the community is freaking huge you know like when you buy a course like they give you access to maybe like a facebook community or something yeah. like that oh yeah I that's, think that that's is freaking gold and you get to meet a bunch of people doing the same thing yeah that itself right. is worth worth a lot Okay, so you're on YouTube Googling or like searching how to sell on Amazon and you're finding all this information and Mm -hmm. you just make that shit happen? Yeah, I mean, I I used to think I didn't have a high risk risk tolerance, but looking back, like I've done some pretty risky things like between Amazon FBA, starting my clothing business that ultimately I stopped doing because I lost a bunch of money on. Um, investing in like Bitcoin and stuff like that. <laughs> okay, I'm super into crypto. By the way, we'll talk about that. Let's Ooh. let's let's keep going back to uh, Amazon FBA. So you're on YouTube, and they're like, "Hey, go on Alibaba.com and search for this, and yep. talk to them this way, negotiate this way." So you exactly do all that. Yep. So I just did all that. Um, found a supplier. I think it was actually the first person I emailed. I went with them because they seemed good and they had okay. a decent price. Um, nice. Yeah. And then basically. Bro, was your first Amazon product a hit? Yeah, it was. Holy shit. It That's has over a awesome. hundred reviews now. Oh, shoot. Okay. So I got lucky. Again, luck. All right, guys, luck. that is crazy, actually. You but know, if you put I... yourself in these like situations, you know. Oh, That's I agree with you. Luck. Yeah, you got to put yourself in those situations. You got to shoot your yeah. shot. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so just like as soon as you send it to the FBA warehouse, like how do you even launch your product? Like do you do marketing or does it just from the beginning it starts getting sales? I mean, I don't know if every Amazon FBA seller does this, but I started, um, I posted on Facebook like, hey, if you guys want this free product, hit me up and I'll, I'll, uh, have you buy on Amazon? All right, hold I'll, on. what year is this? Because I don't think I think this is against Amazon service against. Oh, it's uh, it's Amazon's, totally against uh, their thing. Yeah, now. yeah. So um, what year was this? Twenty sixteen, I think. Okay, but but the thing is, like, I it's it's like Amazon doesn't know I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, well, now they do. I think they got some like crazy data and stuff. Like they really? see like Facebook. Facebook friends. Oh well, well, yeah, yeah. I well, that's what I've heard. Like going through like Amazon forums and all that kind of thing. Oh, thank God, be careful. And but yeah, but yeah. Basically, <laughs> I just got people to buy it. Yeah, I sent them the money through like Venmo or PayPal, okay. and then they would uh, write a review for me. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and luckily there were. It's been organic. Yeah, um, I'm. I do run uh, Amazon FBA ads. Yeah. I'm terrible at those, by the way. So if if you know any, uh... they got agencies now. Yeah, know, where you could uh, outsource that. Dude, I'm too cheap to hire anyone. Okay, yeah. If I mean, if it's but, working for you, then just I think it's fine. No, no, I, I, I definitely need to have someone look at my ads. Like you mm-hmm. can't make money without spending money. You know. For sure, I agree. Yeah. Do you? Okay, so you know how most Amazon sellers, the way that they scale is by selling different products. So mm-hmm. do you only sell one product or after that success, you were like, okay, I need to sell more products. I need to source some more things. So I've actually done like a total of maybe 10 products. Yeah. Half of them failed. <laughs> um, lost a lot of money. But now I have like five 
good selling products. And they're all they're all in the speaker like accessory niche. Hmm. Yeah. Are you still looking for new products to sell or like you think you're good with five? I'm still looking because I know Amazon's gonna start selling these products using their their private label brands. They're gonna undercut me and Yeah, dude. That's no crazy, sales. man. That's crazy. Yeah, so it's always scary to do something like this because you, you never know what could happen. Yeah, but also I think that's with any business. Even for me with my e-commerce business, I mm-hmm. always had that nagging feeling in the back of my head like, oh shoot, like what happens if one day my Google SEO rankings, they just tumble down? Yeah, that's definitely scary. Yeah. Okay, so I think so it's important I, to... Diversify. Yeah, diversify, but don't like spread, don't spread your your eggs too thin. Is that the saying? I don't don't, don't do too many things. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you'll never be good at anything, you know? All right. So you start getting some success with Amazon. And then what's next? Um, yeah, I got some success with Amazon. At that, t- at that time, I had a clothing brand called Charge. So it was like an athleisure brand that I started up. I spent so much time doing that thing. And I, I went to China, met the people at the factory, all that stuff. Um, created a bunch of products, ordered a ton of stuff. Like I think I spent 15, 20 grand on the first shipment, hmm. which don't do if you're, if you're starting a clothing company, like start small because hmm. it's hard to sell. And if you can't sell, then you're just stuck with tons of product that you can't get rid of. Okay, how did you get into this industry, or why do you think you should get into the industry? I had done modeling, so I had seen like behind the scenes of a bunch of clothing companies, and yeah. I was like, "Hey, I want to do this. This is cool. I want to create my own product. I want to see people wear it." And I, I've I've been working out since I was maybe thirteen years old, so mm-hmm. I've always had a love for the fitness industry. Okay, so you get all this product, fifteen to twenty k worth of product. It yeah. comes over to America. Yep. What do you think is your next set? Like, what do you do? Well, I should have been marketing. Okay. I should have spent money on ads, on influencer marketing, but I was like too cheap to spend money. So that's just where I think I went wrong. Yeah. Or that is for sure where I went wrong. Okay. Yeah. So it's, were, were all these clothes like in your apartment? Yep. And they're in just... my apartment. Okay. Yeah. So then when do you decide to just like stop this venture? I actually still have the site up right now, but I don't, I don't Shopify. Yep. Shopify. Okay. And yeah, I learned a lot. I mean, I learned like what goes into making a clothing brand design logo. Hey, I think this is all like really good experience actually. Yeah. It is really, really, really good experience. Like you learn so much even when, your business fails. Like what you said, like you learned that you should have been marketing. You should have been doing like influencer marketing. <laughs> you learned how to build a Shopify website. Yeah. A lot of good stuff I learned, but you know, I ultimately didn't work out, but I'm, I'm still glad I did it for sure. Yeah. And then what's next? So then I got into real estate. How'd you get into real estate or why'd you get into real estate? So my, my parents wanted my sister and I to buy a property because they're huge on real estate. I got my real estate license because I wanted to save money being the cheapo that I was. Mm-hmm. So I got my license and then maybe like a week or two after getting my license, we found like a fixer upper in West LA for $691,000. When is this? What year is this? This was 2017 in July. Okay. Are you, were you on bigger pockets at this time or like were no. you reading books or like, were you like nope. on YouTube? No. Nope. Interesting. Okay. So all this like self-improvement stuff has been huh. very recent. Interesting. Okay. I'm like super into online communities and I'm super, in, like I said before, I'm super into courses. Yeah. I think I would have just like really like dove deep into like real estate communities, like trying to figure out like what makes like a good investment, like what you're supposed to do, that kind of thing. Yeah. I was definitely learning stuff like that, but I didn't have, I didn't really go online and find those communities, which I probably should have done. 
Then what were you doing? How were you trying to like learn about that kind of thing? Just through the real estate course that I took to actually get the license, I learned a okay. good amount of stuff about real estate. Yeah. And then I just kind of dove headfirst and and um, learned from experience. Okay. I think also sometimes that is a good way to learn too, because <laughs> you know, like if you have all this information, you're kind of like paralyzed with that's fear, true. like, oh, am I making the right decision? But yeah. if it if you just dive into it, you don't know what the hell's going on. You just I, learn from I totally agree with that. fire. Yeah. yeah. But I mean it's more risky that way. You can mess up. Um, okay. but you maybe you, I should take sure that real estate course too. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Okay. It's like, it's under a hundred bucks and you learn a lot. I'll do it. It doesn't hurt. Okay. So you find a property. How long is your property search? And then what makes this property good? Well, we found the property within like a week or two. It was actually on the fast actually. I think it was very fast. Like lucky again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We, I toured the place. It was really gross, disgusting. Um, Hadn't been cleaned in, maybe 10, 20 years, uh, unlivable. But the layout was really good and the location was really good. It's in Brentwood. So Is it, was this a single family home? It's, it's a uh, condo. So it's a two-story okay. condo in a okay. smaller, like six-unit complex. So we find that, put an offer on it, and we actually didn't get the house at first. But that person backed out because it required too much work. And luckily, they gave it to us. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So you found it. And then are you like trying to fix it up? Like, do you still have it? Yeah. No, we still have it. It's oh, a rental. It. Okay. Okay. So now it's an investment property. But I did live there for about two years. So a uh, lot of the work, like, did you need to find a general contractor? Like, did you have to do the kitchen and all that stuff? Dude. That was probably the hardest thing I've ever done, like renovating okay. that place. Give me some tips, dude, in case I want to do some real estate yeah. stuff. Um, I mean, we first were looking for a general contractor. We got some bids, but they were super expensive. And like, it was since it was my sister and I paying for it out of pocket, like using cash, we, we couldn't spend like a hundred grand. So I was, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to be the contractor and I'm going to find different teams to do each, each part. Oh man, that's tough, dude. Yeah. I think that's very, very hard. I Especially a great experience time. though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. This <laughs> a lot is of great I want that experience actually. That's, yeah. that's pretty awesome. Okay. Yeah. But so I'm I sure found incredibly difficult. Yeah. It was really hard. Um, coordinating all the teams, knowing like what to do and stuff. It's going to be a lot easier. Again, like owner contractor or something like that. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I, I call like, it the, uh, the owner, owner something. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So what do you um, have to do? I'm just went on Craigslist, Thumbtack, Yelp, and found different teams to do um, each, I guess, portion of the house. So I found a team that did flooring, um, found a team that did lighting, found a team that did painting, um, and just so on. Mm. And dude, when, when you renovate a house, there's so much stuff you don't think about that is required. Like so many choices, picking the paint color that took me so long to do. And that's, that seems like it'd be something easy. Right. But then you're like comparing different paints, you're comparing different shades of gray oh, for sure. in different rooms. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is, like white right? or something. There's like hundreds of different whites and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, choosing, yeah. So choosing the paint, choosing flooring choosing which kitchen to go with like the countertops toilets there's so much stuff so much stuff so, and then do you guys rent it out right now yeah we have it rented out right now okay it's a very very bad cash flow property like well i think, I think in cal <laughs> i heard in california that just like cash flow is just incredibly hard to find yeah cash flow is so hard um in these high cost of living areas um, unless you're putting down like 50% of the payment, you know, then you're, you're probably not going to cash flow, especially for, for a condo or something like that. So we're cash flowing like $70 per month. Mm-hmm. 
Not very in California, good. it's all about the appreciation game. Yes, yes. And it then <laughs> did you – so you have this place and then do you start like trying to becoming like a real estate agent or like what's like your next step? My next step, I didn't do any real estate for like a year. Um, and then, yeah, so I was still doing my Amazon FBA, still doing photography, um, modeling, all that stuff. And then maybe a year later, um, I was like, I'm going to start doing more real estate. I'm going to start helping people buy and sell homes. So that's just how I got into it. So you make that decision. What do you do? Um, luckily my girlfriend's parents were buying a house. Okay. A, a very oh, big house. A lot, you got a lot of luck in your life, yeah, dude. Like really? I'm saying, dude, so much <laughs> luck. Okay. They're buying a very big house. Yeah. So they want to use me. So I represented them as the buyer. Nice. Did that transaction. Also didn't really know what I was doing. Yeah. But learn along the way. And then after that, she referred me to someone else that she knew. And then ever since then, it's just been like my network, my sphere of influence or other referrals. Hmm. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. So are you still doing that right now? Yeah. I mean, I'm right now I, I'm trying to build up my brokerage. So I create a 100% commission brokerage. Yeah. So you know how normally the broker takes like, 20 or 30%. I don't know that, but okay, now I know. Yeah, That's very normal for, for like the brokerage to take a cut of the commission. Yeah. Um, so my brokerage, it's like the agent gets 100% of the commission. They just pay me like a transaction fee, which is about 800 bucks per transaction. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so like if, if a, an agent helps someone buy a $1 million home, right? 2.5% of that, which is the commission, is 25 grand. So if I'm only taking 800 bucks, then they get 24,000, right? Bro, I'm going to sign up with you. Yeah, I mean, that, I, <laughs> I just want, like, I'm just looking to give people more money. And um, I won't make any money or barely any money on the brokerage, but I'm using it as a lead gen source for the mortgage company that that I want to build. Got it. Okay. Which I forgot and to then, mention. And then how'd you get into that? My family friend back in the Bay Area, she's like, she has she lives in a $15 million house. So yeah. obviously she was doing something oh, right. Shoot. Yeah. She has a brokerage and she also has a mortgage company. And I, I worked okay. at her mortgage company over the summers. Yeah. I kind of got my feet wet with that, learned from her. And I just kind of want to do the same thing. Dude. emulate success you know for sure okay and then so you also wanted to talk about like self-development i'm super big into self-development that kind of yes. thing how'd you get into that um i think i just started realizing that i didn't really know anything and that my habits weren't very good what kind of habits and, were you having well i would just wake up late yeah. um i wouldn't be very productive during the day i would procrastinate i didn't read like, I think that, that's one of the biggest things I would, for some reason, I don't know why, but I would tell people if they asked me if I read or not, I'd be like, oh yeah, I don't read. Like as if it was something that was cool. Okay. Um, I don't know why I maybe did that. Maybe because you're younger. I think when you're yeah. younger, just maybe like reading isn't that cool. Maybe. Yeah. And then I realized like when you buy a book, you're spending like $10, right? you're getting the knowledge of someone that is so experienced that they can write a book about it, about something. And if you read it, it's like having a mentor guiding you along. And like, it just doesn't make any sense not to read. Like you can't afford not to read books. I agree. That's my with take you. on it. I, yeah, I agree with you. Just like what you said, a book is like $10. Yeah. And if you implement like the idea from the book, that could be priceless in your life. Oh yeah. And the thing is to not read too many books at one time. Otherwise you get all this like knowledge and all this stuff that you can't implement. Right. Like the key is sure. to 
take take the knowledge you're, you're getting from the book and actually implement it in your life. That's actually why I've been trying to read less books and just read the same books over and over. Yeah. Reading to like hammer those again. into my head. Yeah. Yeah. Helps so much. And then are you, are you also like taking notes or like, yeah, I take notes. I use, uh, what is that? The Evernote app. I just write some stuff in there. And then yeah. also on my Kindle, I highlight. That's really smart. Kind of thing. Yeah. Cause so what kind of book? books you, or like, what was your like gateway book or like, why did you start reading books? Um, I was just like, I need to learn more and I need to not be so small minded and, hmm. and emulate what these successful people have done. And yeah. books are such a great way to do that. Um, I think one of my first books that I read was the compound effect by Darren Hardy. Haven't read it. It's definitely one of my favorite books. It's, it's a super easy read. Okay. Um, and it just, it just talks about how like, success is not an overnight thing. Like there's so many small steps that go into success, success. Mm -hmm. um, and they compound with time. So even if you don't see any results after two, three months, even like a year or two, if you look at it in the grand scheme of things within like five, 10 years, the, the differences are just going to be so huge. I don't That's... know if so no, that doesn't make sense. That's, uh, you know, cause like compounding is like really big in like personal yeah. finance, like compounding investments, that kind of thing. Everything's also, about compounding. Yeah. They say like compounding knowledge, mm -hmm. you know, like I've been doing e-commerce for seven years. So just like doing e-commerce, like every day, like being immersed in that kind of thing. I feel like I do have a lot of knowledge. I think yeah. even with uh, something like this podcast, like I really try to think long term and compounding subscribers, compounding yeah. people in my Facebook group, that kind of thing, and really try to take a long term view on things rather than short term. Absolutely. Because, dude, if you look at short term things, it's so hard to see results short term, right? Yeah. You just, uh, just got to keep doing it for a long time. And then you get to that, that portion of the graph where it starts going like vertically. Yeah. And that's, that's when, you know, you've, you've, uh, you've made it. I think also, have you read the book atomic habits by James clear? I have not. Oh, so good. So good. So like atomic, like atoms are really, really small. You yeah. Know? And so like his thing is that like all like the little small things, like over time it compounds and just in the future makes your results huge. I love that message. You got to read that book. Actually. It's one of my favorite, uh, personal development, like habit books. It's on my list now. <laughs> All right. So what else do you like? So one thing that was huge for me was reading the, the miracle morning. Mm. Okay. Um, dude, I, I love that, dude. I'm so great for that actually. Yes, I have. Okay. So I, I, do you go to conferences? Um, no. Oh, actually okay. I've been to real estate conferences. Oh yeah. So I, I love conferences because you meet so many people that, you know, are all hustling, you know, yeah. like they're all kind of you, you guys all have the same interests. You're all hustling. So I love meeting those kind of people. And I feel like I meet most of the people like that at conferences. Mm -hmm. And, uh, at one conference, this guy told me about this book, Miracle Morning and how he said that it changed his life yes so like oh shoot i need to read this book and i think the miracle morning is a great great book such a good book totally life-changing um yeah because before i i was not waking up early i yeah didn't have a morning routine yeah. so just having a guide um to like how you should start your mornings and how you can get the most of your day it's just yeah. it helps so much so anyone listening if, if you want to like make some gains, read this book. All right. Tell me about your morning routine. Um, normally wake up like five 30 or six. Okay. And with then an alarm or without an alarm with an alarm with an alarm. Okay. There's, there's no way I would get up. You know, I'm actually, uh, I don't use an alarm anymore. And you, can you still wake up that early? Because you know how like people, yeah, yeah, I do. I go to, wow. I go to bed at 10. Okay. I go to bed pretty early. Okay. And uh, you know how people right now are talking in the health and wellness space, they're all talking about sleep, how like sleep is like really, really important. Mm -hmm. 
So that's why I stopped using an alarm. But I do wake up at around like six, six thirty. So you're still getting like seven eight eight. hours. Yeah, I, I go to bed really early, and then on weekends I'm not partying. I'm still kind of going to bed at the same time. Okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah as long as you get like, for me it's like seven hours. If I don't get seven hours, I'll feel kind of bad for for the rest of the day. But yeah, yeah. Okay, so you wake up five thirty six. Um, wake up. I drink a glass of water. Nice. Me too. I have like a huge. Do you set it out overnight? Uh, I they're in my refrigerator. I have okay. Two. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're ready for me to drink as soon as I wake up. I think the key is if it's hard for you to do that for any like listeners out there, put water out in a cup like next to your bed or wherever. Drinking so the that, water wakes you up. Actually. Yeah, it does. It and it's really so does. easy because it's already poured for you. You don't need to go and get it or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it just makes it a lot easier to do it. Yeah. So if you feel really tired in the morning and you're trying to like wake up, like just drink a big glass of water. Yeah. It, it, it's so, so helpful. Yeah. So I drink water, um, you know, brush my teeth, whatever. And then I start by actually meditating. So I'll okay. meditate for three to five minutes. Bro, that's tiny, dude. I know, I know. <laughs> dude, it's really hard for me to sit still. Yeah. I Stuff do, is always I do twelve minutes. Twelve minutes. That's yeah. really impressive. You use an app or what? Sometimes I'll use Headspace and sometimes I'll just do it myself. Okay. Yeah. So but, meditate three to five minutes. I think that's better than nothing though. It's better than nothing. But yeah. the goal is to be able to meditate for ten minutes without wanting without uh, feeling like I'm going to go crazy from okay. still. Um, so yeah, meditate. And then I will read for 20, 30 minutes. And then sometimes I'll hit the gym. Sometimes when I'll you just read, do, are, do you, is it always like some kind of like business or like self-development book? Pretty much. Okay. R- right now I'm actually reading a book about improv. Oh, interesting. Okay. Cause one thing that, I feel like a lot of people never really face their fear on is public speaking. Yeah. Which goes into kind of why I started my YouTube channel to just practice that. Nice. Um, and that's something that's so cool that you're doing this podcast. Okay. So you read, um, I read too. I, um, yeah, I think reading is big in the morning and I feel like if I don't read in the morning, it's like, it's very hard for me to read later on in the day because I feel like there's like a lot of shit going on, but I feel like it's a lot, yeah, a lot of distractions going yeah. on and I want to like goof off on the internet and shit, but yeah. I feel like in the totally morning, agree. like I have time to read. That's and there's like, like no one texting you, right? No one's up yeah. early. Yeah. So, and it's, I don't know, it's still dark in Los Angeles when I wake up. Yeah. So it's just like, you can really focus on whatever you need to do. And yeah, for sure. Okay. So also in the miracle morning, uh, they talk about journaling. Do you journal? Oh yeah. Oh, I totally forgot about that part. So actually before I read, <laughs> yeah. before I read, I have a note card and I write what I'm grateful for. Yeah. My, me too. my visualizations for the day. For me, I do what I'm grateful for. And then just like random thoughts that are in my head. Mm-hmm. And That's, then like a lot of those thoughts are just kind like kind of like long term, like okay. do your work, like hard work. Sort of like motivational, right? Yeah. Yeah. Motivational yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's really important to have like that motivation from, from within. So that, well, and then also it's just a reminder, you know, it's a reminder for me in the, in the morning, like, don't be lazy, even though a lot of times I do get lazy, but yeah. just like, I feel like because I remind myself to like do something or like motivate myself, I do kind of get the ball rolling. Absolutely. That's smart. Okay. And then I'm guessing you work out in the morning too. Um, sometimes maybe like half, half. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the the miracle morning is like really important or like having a morning routine is really important. I think I definitely am a lot lazier if I don't go through my morning routine. Agree. Like on the days I don't do it, my day is not nearly as good. Dude, you know what is also tough is uh, 
Like if I start playing around with my phone, like start going on like Instagram or stuff yeah. in the morning, like I just get kind of like stuck in that mode too. You get stuck in that, right? Yeah. So I try not to go on my phone. Same thing with uh, YouTube. Never, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. never watch YouTube if you're trying to be productive. I mean, I guess if you're learning, then that's okay. I have a tip for you for YouTube. Yeah. Uh, if you use Google Chrome, there's some like Google Chrome app that you can download and then it hides the related videos so only uh -oh. has like the one video that you're watching because i think what happens is when you're watching youtube you just keep clicking through other videos like you start going through the rabbit hole because of like the yeah no of the youtube algorithm and stuff totally so you got to get this uh you got to get it's that a chrome extension i'll yeah. have to, i'll have to find it yeah that's that sounds that's like key all oh, right, so yeah. miracle morning, that's very important. What else do you think has been key to your progress? Just trying to like teach other people about personal finance. Um, I'm super big on giving back on like leading with value. Because um, I just like, I strongly believe that anytime you help others, like you'll get something back in return. Like, it doesn't have to be like money related or business related. Like you'll make a new friend or you'll just help someone. Um, so I'm just trying to be a lot more giving. Being, yeah, more giving, more helpful. Do you have any like influence, personal finance influencers or gurus that you really like? I'm super into Ramit Sethi. I've actually never heard of that person. Bro, you got to get on that, dude. I will teach you to be rich.com. Seriously? That's yeah. what it's called. <laughs> hey, I want to be rich. I'm, hey, I'm, you should read his book. Actually, really? I think that's a great like personal finance like primer. Nice. I'll have to check that out. How'd you get into personal finance? I'm um, always been like, it stems from my me being frugal. My parents okay. are super frugal, so I've always been raised to be really frugal. Didn't want to spend money on anything. Um, just save, save, save. So that I guess that kind of ties in with personal finance, right? You're trying to make your money work for you so you don't have to work as much. Yeah. And then like they don't teach the stuff in school or at least not my major, right? No. And Do you know Mr. Money Mustache? Yes. So I mean, I'm guessing you're not as frugal as him. Like I went on your Instagram, you got like a supercar, dude. Uh, I mean, it looks like a supercar, but it's not. Okay. It doesn't drive like one. <laughs> it looks like one. <laughs> you should check out uh I will teach you to be rich, Ramit Sethi. Mm -hmm. And uh I like this blog called uh Financial Samurai. I've also heard of that. So He's much great blogger. So many good bloggers. So much you can learn. Oh man. Just whatever I want to learn, I just like seek out like people. I just like read yeah. so much about random There's, shit. You can learn so much on YouTube, those blogs. Um, like even Instagram, it's just so much stuff out there, so many resources. Um, so I'm just trying to be kind of a part of that. Um, and just tell other people that you, you should make your money work for you. Don't let it sit in a, in a savings account, getting 0.03% interest. Hey, so if you, if someone came up to you and was like, Hey, I have like 10 K, like, what should I do with this money? What would you tell them? I mean, I'd be like, do you have any, do you have any emergency fund? Like in case something blows up, like your car uh, blows up. <laughs> yes. Okay. So then if that person did, then I'm really big on index funds, mutual funds. Okay. I'm, best me too. Vanguard. Yeah, best thing in the market long-term, right? Yeah. That's something my dad taught me. Compound effect. Yes. Your dad taught you about index funds and yeah. compounding? Yeah, we used to oh, have a weekly okay. call with my family, yeah. my sister, my dad, my mom, me, and we would talk about investing. Dude. Yeah. That's awesome. My dad's really big on that. So I kind of yeah. got inspired by him. Maybe your dad is a reader too. Like I feel like all that kind of stuff you learn through books. My my dad does not read. No. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I've I ever found seen. out all I found out about like index funds because I'm I was super into reading about personal finance blogs and stuff uh -huh. back in the day. I see. Yeah, I, I mean, think if I think with 10k though, I think I would tell them to uh, try to start like a business. That is probably the the risky but huge 
possible gains sort of way. Because yeah, if you invest 10k, it's it's not like it's not like that that much, right? Yeah. Um. So I think I would tell them to try to start a business. What, what type of Amazon business? FBA. Amazon FBA. With 10 grand? Try to find a niche. Okay. Yeah, I mean, how much did you start for your speaker business? Um, I want to say like one to two grand. Yeah. Including the shipping and stuff. So you don't need a lot of money. Yeah. But you could, you could totally lose all of it. So that's, that's the scary part. Cool, no, man. All right. This has been going on a long time. I need to hit the gym. Oh Where gosh. can people find out more about you? I guess on, on Instagram, on, on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel where I talk about personal finance, like entrepreneurship, investing, all that stuff. The Instagram is charlie underscore underscore Chang. There's two underscores? Yep. I tried doing one, but that was taken. Oh, bro, Dude, I guess Charlie on. Chang is a common name. Okay. Too many Charlie Changs. Charlie underscore underscore Chang. Yes. That's me. <laughs> So I do, I do post like videos on there too about personal finance and like building good habits and stuff like that. Um, but the bulk of it is on YouTube and my YouTube name is Charlie the Entrepreneur. Okay. Charlie the Entrepreneur. Yeah. Okay. I'll put that in the show notes. Sweet. Cool, man. This has been great. This has been fun. All right, guys. That was my interview with Charlie Chang. I think he's a really interesting guy. I love that he is just a hustler, just tries out a bunch of shit, just jumps in. I'm the total opposite. I got to make sure I figure out everything. I got to join all these communities, take the course before I do anything. So I think it was very refreshing to get that kind of viewpoint of just jumping in and making shit happen. So thanks for listening, guys. Make sure to subscribe and share and also leave a five-star review. And I'll see you guys next week. 